It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, great stuff from Morales as always. Uh, Lakers game three tomorrow. So, Clint, I'm leaving the arena yesterday. I'm leaving Ball Arena. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because by the time I leave, I did post game from the arena. So by the time I leave, the game easily ended about an hour and a half, and I'm there. When I tell you, like, I could have – I felt like I could have – I could have set up camp there and no one would have even noticed, okay? <laughs> I could have I could have started just going to the concessions, making myself uh, whatever I want to eat. I'm going to get some nachos here, right? I'm going to grab a quick uh, Michelob Ultra and go from there. <laughs> There's no, There wasn't a soul. There right. literally wasn't a soul. I think everybody was already cleaned up. Everything was done. Um, but as I'm leaving – one of the TVs was um, – I, I was just kind of catching the tail end of it, and it's saying the fourth overtime is coming up. And I didn't know any of the details. I'm like, what? What the hell are they talking about? Like, I, I right. just assumed, you know, all the sporting events are done. It's late enough to assume all the sporting events are done. I'm not a hockey guy. Are you when when you start seeing people on Twitter saying, "Hey, this is in the second overtime." Hey, it's in the third overtime. Do you catch yourself saying, "I'm going to tune into this"? So I am a hockey guy. Um, I've covered hockey. I like hockey. I lived with hockey players in college. I know hockey. I think the overtime rules in hockey are barbaric. I really do. You should not ever put your players in a position where they're playing more than two games mm. in one sitting. That is my personal opinion. But there's all these weird hockey hardos who have this bizarre concept of like the brutishness of it being all that matters. Here's my system. It's very simple. First round of the playoffs, if okay. you get past one overtime, shootout. Okay? Mm -hmm. You use Olympic-style rules, which means if somebody shoots once and you want them to keep shooting after the first three, they can keep going. Check for T.J. Oshie for the United States of America if you want to know how that goes. Number two rule. Taylor, check on that, please. You never do it in game sevens. You don't want to actually decide series that are even at that point. Secondarily, second round, two OTs and then shootout. Okay? okay. Like, we got things to do here, people. You know what I mean? Third round, the round we're currently in, three OTs, then get to shootout. Reminder. Yeah. No game sevens, so you're not deciding cups by this per se. Per se. And so, and lastly, if you if guys want to take their helmets off while they do it, great. Like, I, I, I don't understand why we're letting guys at this stage of the game play deep into the night. It does not make for better hockey. This theoretical idea that, oh, it's so exciting, they could score at any time. Yeah. Watch the second overtime period of that game last night. It was horrible, and guess who stands on my side? That would be one Wayne Gretzky, who said Never himself – we got to get rid of this. He said, this is too long. I don't like this. If the great one thinks it's time to change, your boy's progressive idea to change overtime hockey. It's not because I'm some shootout enthusiast. There just has to be something to prevent these guys from First of all, you're mind. ruining the integrity of the game. I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right, but I will, you know. I'll just say that. Here's my bigger question. Here's the one thing that I took out of everything that you just said, and this is no disrespect to all your great points and <laughs> what you're trying to do and how to train, change the game of hockey. Do you know in baseball where in the seventh inning they basically stop selling beer, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so what happens in a game after – I don't know what happens in hockey. Do After the second period, do they stop serving beer? What the hell happens if you're in four overtimes and you haven't had a beer in three and a half hours? And what about the food? I, what, what, I, that's what I was more concerned about, what was happening yesterday. You're adding all these overtimes – are, is everyone staying to work? Is is it are the is everything open as usual? No, and that's the whole reason also why you don't want to have things going deep into the night. Oh, that's I very, awful. I very specifically remember a man, dry hockey. Was I was at a, I was covering a game. It was in double overtime, and my buddy, who was similar like you, he's a basketball guy. He just happened to be at the game with me in the press box. We got to at the end of that first overtime. He's looking around. He's like, look. I'm going on a mission. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm finding food and drink. And he's looking at me like we're in Lord of the Flies. You know what I mean? Because it was that barren up there in the press box. He went down and he found some 
pretzels and all this other stuff. So some arenas do this differently than others. Some will try to milk all of the cash that they can out of people. But the booze, when it's done, it's done. You're just there, sober, watching pucks. Who won? Last night or the Caps game? The Caps last night. Game last time. night. The four overtime game. Excuse me. The uh, Florida Panthers won. Panthers won? Okay. Yeah. Congratulations to the Panthers. Very, very happy for them. Uh, it's a Lakers reaction Friday on 710 ESPN. Lakers come uh, home down 2 to nothing. Uh, plus, we're getting you pumped up for what's on tap for Game 3 of the Western Conference yep. Finals tomorrow night. Of course, Lakers, Nuggets, 4 p.m. will be the pregame. Tip-off will be at 5.30. It's all presented by Michelob Ultra, refreshing and balanced flavor with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Please enjoy responsibly. Michael Malone, the coach of the Denver Nuggets, had some thoughts about how his team is being covered. Take a listen. You win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest. That was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nikola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. Okay. Did not think it was going to end that way. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, Clayton, you hear that You hear that from the coach of the Denver Nuggets. I personally have no issue with that at all. And as a Laker fan, a coach trying to stick up for his team and say, here you guys go again. The story is never about what the Denver Nuggets – you said it to start the, start the show. Yes. That's, a number, that's a number one seed in the Western Conference – um, I don't have an issue with it, but you know, there's also a lot of people that think Michael Malone is kind of bitching and complaining. What's your thoughts on it? Okay, there's two things about this. The first thing is that the idea that any particular team is not getting enough press nationally or otherwise, to me, is always such a strange thing for actual teams to address. Like, that's for fans. Like, Lakers fans care about being perceived as better. That's like half of the deal. But I don't know why anybody who cares about the Nuggets would even be worried about that at all when the team is so good. You know what I mean? Michael Malone is exactly right, though. You know how I know that? Because when I was on a nationally televised sports program, I was the only one talking about the Nuggets. I was like, how do we get out of game one and the Lakers are the entire discussion. That was what my point was to begin with. I feel like this is a bit of a mistake from Malone to admit that this is a rabbit ears kind of thing for him. I don't really understand why he's talking about this. You're up 2-0. You took their best shot in terms of the Lakers on the road in game one. Everything you're doing is already working. Hmm. I'm not really sure I understand what the purpose is of bringing this up. I don't have an issue with it. I don't even think it's wrong. It just seems like a kind of an odd thing to admit at this stage when you're on the front foot. Jamal Murray said this after the game. He said, we're the Denver Nuggets. We're used to that. Even when we win, they talk about the other team. We beat the Clippers in the bubble. They talk about the other team. Same old, same old. It fuels us a little more, and we'll be sweeter when we win the chip. Here's the one thing that I will say. They don't really need to say anything. Your play is doing your talking. It's the Lakers that are down 0-2. I mean, I think... Michael Malone's a little bit different of a story because I like when a coach doesn't care what anybody else thinks. I'm I, I'm trying to prop up my guys. I'm well, trying to prop up my players. Well, he cares what other people think because he's listening to his media talking about his team and not talking about his team. Yeah, clearly, this is he cares. Four yeah, out, yeah, but, four, but, four but, out of ten rabbit ears here in my yeah, opinion. But, but it's, of... what, what I mean is when I say I don't care, what I'm saying is that He's propping up his own players. That's okay. He's the head coach of that team. Maybe there's some guys inside that locker room that say, hey, that's our coach. He's got our back. He's going to continue to have our back. We're up 2 nothing. People aren't talking about us. Our coach is going to have our back. The only issue I have with it would be this. It's only 2-0, right? The, the series is not done. If they beat the Lakers and some of these quotes start coming out, and Michael Malone says, what's the story now? Is it that the Lakers lost and that you know we're still not paying attention to the Nuggets getting to the finals? I think it's more appropriate to do it then, not when you're in the middle of a series, but you could tell that that portion has bothered the Denver Nuggets that they don't get talked about enough. In a weird way, I think it almost kind of plays to their under-the-radar all season, and here they are under the radar and two games away from getting to the NBA Finals. It's pretty wild, too. I mean, I was watching PTI the other day, and Wilbon said something I mean, that Emily I just yelled at me. forgot about, which is, which is the Mountain West time zone in general is kind of forgotten about, like, in America. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody knows when anything happens in the Mountain time zone. So, yes, I, I – I, 
I agree with that to some degree in that why are you talking about it at all? But then again, you know, if they were in a different market in which that perception wasn't already there, I don't think people would think twice about a coach, head coach talking like this. So there's some pros and cons. I'm just saying that if I were a Nuggets fan, I would not want my coach to be worried about this because, hello, mm. the proof is right there in the pudding. I don't think that it makes sense for Lakers fans to have yeah. a problem with it, but you're up 2-0. Just turn off ESPN. Turn off ESPN (laughs) Radio. Like, don't pay attention to national media if you feel like you're not getting enough credit because it's just too online of you to say that. Just just let it be how it is. Here's the problem, too. You're going up against the Lakers, right? Like, this isn't a small brand. This is the most popular brand in the NBA. Uh, You're going up against LeBron James. He's one of the most popular players in all sports. It's not like they're getting the disrespect and they're playing the Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals, (laughs) right? Like, it's... It's the fact that it's also it would be the equivalent. Yates, wouldn't you agree this? If you're in a you're you're battling for a World Series and it's the Yankees on the other side, yeah, they're probably going to get more storylines. Yeah. It's the Dodgers yeah. on the other side. They're probably going to get more storylines. It also kind of comes with the territory. Let's let's let me sneak in. A, no, go ahead, Yates. You got something? No, no. I was just going to say to his point though. I do think there is something to be said about like. Yo, this team is actually really, really good. And if you're watching the actual basketball and you don't have any, you know, skin in the game, you might want to pay attention to the Nuggets. You might want to want to pay attention to them for a long time if you claim to care about the NBA. I'd rather talk about D'Lo's non-show. Um, <laughs> I'd say I'm in LA. Sam, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that. Uh, not to be too simplistic, the Lakers are a little bit of a dummy team. They have players on the team that, let's just say their basketball IQs are not very high. A few examples would be Anthony Davis and Vanderbilt. One example would be when Davis and Vanderbilt go up for a a rebound, sometimes neither of them know who's going to grab the rebound, and you almost are scared that they're going to lose the ball. Second thing, Davis constantly falling down. It's as if it doesn't occur to him that he needs to work on stability and maybe talk to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about the fact that Kareem never fell down as a player, and if he did, it was exceedingly rare. These are things that intelligent basketball players do. There's a difference between Jokic, who's operating on a higher level, and somebody like Anthony Davis, who makes careless errors. Even LeBron last night, that dunk, what are you doing? It's Had a brain fart. Guaranteed points, and you're showboating. Who does that? Why are Sam, you doing that? Appreciate you Thanks calling Thanks for the phone Sam. call. Thank now, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this, this first, I don't necessarily know that I agree with the larger generalizations, but he, he makes an interesting point that, again, I cannot stress this enough. Decisions that are made by athletes and people playing games are a direct result of who their opponent on the field, ice, or floor is. You know what I'm saying? The reason why guys are running around confused is because they're trying to figure out either on that Denver's end of the Denver's making them look like the, that. Yes. You know what I mean? And like that that's that's what sports is. You're not just playing against a canvas of what you think you can do. There's somebody else there. And this is a part of what I think people don't understand about Jokic's game is. You're thinking about this dude at all times, whether it's rebounding, whether it's passing, whether or not he's going to put up a shot or not he's going to block your shot. And that clearly affects a lot more things. As for LeBron, I do well, think can there's I, some... Clint, I'm going I'm to yes. add one thing to what you said. The Lakers look, made the Warriors look stupid in the last round. It happens. And it doesn't mean yeah. the Warriors are stupid or have a low basketball IQ. It's just the Lakers were a better matchup. Right. That's and how you, you, you the make game. them look that way. I agree. But the, as for LeBron, that moment when... To say he's showboating doesn't make sense. He just went for a big dunk. I mean, he could have missed that. He could have missed it like he missed a bunch of layups in this game. But what I'm saying is that moment... He was showboating. Was, was a moment where I thought to myself, oh, I've never seen that before. And this might start a different discussion mm. in my household because that was bad. And whether or not you want to call it mental fatigue or whether or not you want to call it physical fatigue or whatever you want to do, I've never seen LeBron James do anything like that in a playoff game in my life. And it was a little bit concerning. All right. Um, when we come back, oh, this is good. <laughs> Behind the scenes of the Blue Review – How does this whole operation – what happens in the morning? The fact that Berg's first call is to Clinton Yates and it's not to anything having to do with the Mason Ireland show. We can get to that. By the way, uh, Dodgers lose yesterday, give up 16 runs. Julio gives up four home runs in one inning. Justin Turner had some uh, very interesting quotes as well, kind of still wondering why he's not a Dodger. We'll get into all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa show Clinton Yates in the house on 710 ESPN. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, we are uh, we got game three coming up tomorrow. Um, want to spend some time here. So first, Berg, you in the studio? Yes, sir. Here? Okay. How are you? So here's my – I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. I like how Berg – the fact that you watched the game this morning. This right? morning. Can you tell the story? What happened? You couldn't watch it yesterday, so you watched it this morning? Yeah, so last night was my daughter's play. She was Plankton in the SpongeBob musical. She and that awesome. It awesome. was amazing. She was really good. She is, is not somebody that likes to get up on stage and in front of people. And she went out for this role, and she was and she had solos and the whole thing. She was great. That's awesome. Confidence it was, building. It was right. amazing. I was so excited for her, and I'm so proud of her. And I just lost all my – did you put me down? hear myself anymore that was weird oh Greg, i don't know what happened i don't know what happened anyway just turns you down <laughs> that was so weird Blowing up the show. uh anyway <laughs> that's no, an so awesome she was story great. that's great well, she was great so but because of it it, it was a 6 30 to almost 8 30 play yeah. 6 30 to 8 so by the time i was when i was watching it the game was going on so i couldn't watch any of it and by the time i got home i was exhausted so i went to sleep and i woke up in the morning and i watched the well, entire game this was my favorite part he put out a tweet this morning as if the game just ended, and that's what I love. <laughs> Absolutely, so like, everybody had a chance well, to, to everybody do, chance do it again. At, at, no, hundred percent. Everybody had a chance to like, kind of like re-react. Nobody, <laughs> nobody usually sends out a tweet in the morning about the game before. And then you just kind of riled people up, and they're like, yeah, I am still pissed at LeBron, or I am still mad at Dan. <laughs> well, let me tell you why. Let it's me good, explain right? why that is so uh, specifically awesome. funny is because when we sat down to tape Blue Review, I was like, oh, you're watching the game. How much you got left? He's like, I got a minute left in the fourth. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then let's do this first. <laughs> Before you watch that, and then let's do the show. And we finished the show, and he was like clearly still exasperated from what he was watching previous to taping Blue Review. And I was like, he goes, man, LeBron, LeBron. And I was like, just wait. Like till it last. just happened. I said, just no. I said, just wait to the last possession. He was like, what? And I well, just hung up. Here's, here's so then he you watches the, the last possession and texts me like, I can't believe. <laughs> you know what? Sleep real fast. You know what's great about it though? Yeah. Was I was watching it. I knew they lost. But I was still like, oh, if they just hit the shot, they're right in the middle of this game. Like, I was still, like, hoping they were still going to win. Time out. Time out. (laughs) Call it. Call it right now. Oh, Ron, go to the basket. Don't take that three. Oh, did you really just drop that? (sighs) Well, you got got the same feelings this morning that we were getting last night. Um, Yeah. Okay, so so for those who don't know, I'm going to promote a couple things here real quick. Every single day on YouTube, we're putting up content. So people know that we obviously stream the shows live. Basically, Monday through th- uh, Thursday, Friday, we don't. So all our shows, Travis and Saliwa, uh, Mason Island, Sedano and Cap, all the shows are streamed live. On top of that, we do something on our ESPNLA YouTube page, which is why you should go to our ESPNLA YouTube page and subscribe. Absolutely. We do two things. We do Blue Review every single day. Yates and Bergman. Um, Yates and Bergman do that. I do Lakers talk daily, basically a reaction or something along the lines, uh, obviously all Lakers related. Seven, eight minutes. How, how long do you guys usually go? 
five Depends. to seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, five to seven minutes. So very YouTube centric, right? Uh-huh. So if you're a Dodger fan, you're a Laker fan, you can catch these on YouTube on a day to day basis. My question to the both of you. Take us behind the scenes. What the hell happens here? Who calls who? Who brings up the topic? Berg, so, are you yelling at Yates or is Yates yelling at Berg? Depends on the day. Depends on the <laughs> Very much depends on the day. But, Berg, this started because I admitted that I talk to you every day first thing in the morning as a result of this. And yes. Slee just got completely thrown off. He's like, what? Greg talks to Yates before he talks to Mason or Ireland oh. before their shows? And I was like, well, we have to tape the shows in the morning. So, Slee, for the most part, what it is, it is a lot of – personal life details and planning as to when we can get the 15 minutes it takes to do this during the day. That's really what it is. And it's not hard because it's not long and we both love the game. It's just a matter of what happens day to day because we both got busy schedules. That's why we do it first thing in the morning so we know we can get it done. Okay. So it's it's like homeroom. Here's my question, Yates. Is Berg a little more sloppy because he's not doing a scorecard? <laughs> because you know every you know the hey in the fifth inning on that three two pitch that slider why are you throwing it there Berger do you remember the three two pitch in the fifth I, I do but I have to go, like really go into the recesses of my brain I'm like all right so what was that that was like the fifth that was around the there's a three two count <laughs> the real question behind the scenes is about where where Greg is going to be and what his background is going to look like at mm. any given moment because things are ever changing it's always a funny time so for the most part I'm in the same spot every single day Monday through Thursday am but there's Fridays I you know I like to stay at home a little bit longer than I normally do I'm here and as Emily can attest to I'm here 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning uh, no, that's uh, the, I don't the, believe the that. real the real actual clock. I, I need a clock to clock him in I see Berg rolling in around 11 <laughs> Emily is the first person that I talk to every morning by the way every yes. single morning Ev- Emily is the first person I speak with the real sleep the, and, and Greg knows this the real actual behind the scenes concern not concern but thing that we deal with every time is whether or not the specific device Greg is using has the proper background image. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a real thing. This, this is not. He's not exaggerating. We want to every day. That is an actual thing we deal with okay. on a regular basis. Okay, I got a real baseball question here. Julio has given up 14 home runs in 10 starts this season, tied for the most in uh, in all the majors. I was just looking at that stat. Em. Any? Just uh, I know it's it's Julio. He's fine. He's this. All that. You got Dustin May. We're not sure how long he's going to be out for. They said about a month, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Any concern with Julio? Greg? Yes, I, there is some concern with Julio because he can't be giving up these home runs. The fact that he is giving up 14 home runs, and even give up the fact that yesterday he gave up four. Four, and it was, right. It was all in the same inning, too, which was just absolutely wild. But the fact of the matter is he's been giving up the long ball consistently. So he's been pretty good. But Except the fact against that, the Padres. He was fine against the Padres in the last one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is no, he tipping every, pitches? Everybody is unbelievable against the Padres. So, so this is something we talked about in the Blue Review, actually, M. Like, that was something that Clinton was actually asking about, that he might be tipping pitches. Mm. If he's giving up jacks like this, it's a problem. And the, with the fact that the, the pitching staff is a is a problem just in general right now, with Dustin May out, Michael Grove out, Ryan Pepio out, mm. you don't know what's going on with Noah Syndergaard, they are having trouble. And so you need to have a good pitch, pitching staff. He can't be having these giving up six runs in an inning. Situation up back to backs four times this season, which is almost more concerning than the larger number. And in the game last night, because there was a play in the outfield in which the starting right fielder for the Cardinals, Tommy Edmond, Edmond had to come out of the game. The dude who came in for him hit a yam too. Mm. Like, and, and you're like, whoa, what's happening here? You know, and I, I just, to me, it was all encapsulated because I'm not giving away all our Blue Review content on this program, Slee, but I will talk to you about this. If somebody wants to go find this, because this on the telecast was – and I didn't, ha- I didn't have the sound on, so I noticed it visually because it showed, they showed it enough. He came back out after this, and he was just sitting there, and they had the ISO shot on him. Hmm. And I wrote in my notes – Sad Urias, and I felt terrible because I was like, if I was a social media manager, I would be gifting that instantly. Like he was that upset and looked that kind of lost, that kind of thousand yard stare. Where, like I said, I think that we're at a point, Greg, that this is more than 
uh, psychological. It's more than physical. It's emotional. You know what I mean? Like whatever he's trying to do is not working right now. They got to fix it. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of pressure on this guy, and he mm-hmm. has been the best, if not he's been the best he's pitcher. Been for unbelievable the, under for, pressure since the year 2018 or 2019. Yep. He has been the best pitcher on the Dodgers staff. Him or Walker Bueller, but really in the playoffs it was Urias. Mm-hmm. So and now he's more reliable health wise. Right, now he's in a contract year, and he's going to go to. He, it's a Boris client, so he's going to go to market. What he's going to do, he needs to have a big year. This is a big moment for him, and so if, when he's not having these big moments right now, it's kind of like the Padres. I'm going to take a shot. It's kind of like the Padres, <laughs> where they have all this pressure on them and they can't Don't and they say can't you're perform. Going to take a shot? You took a shot. <laughs> you got to see this image, though, shot. Slee. You got to see this image, though, Slee. I mean, you would have thought something really wrong happened in his life, and it has because he's just okay. Lost it for he, a bit. he needs to be I, good. I, I will say this. Um, just to kind of put it in perspective, I, I think Julio, his starts are becoming a little bit more curious, right? Where, okay, Julio's coming off this loss. Or he didn't pitch well. I wonder what he's going to do next start. And that hasn't really been the case for Julio. Julio, it's been you feel good about what he's going to do on a night-in, night-out basis. You might have, listen, it's baseball. I know Trav always says this. You're going to have bad nights. They lost 16 to, what, 8 yesterday, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay, nights are like though. nights like that are going to happen. Um, but there's a little bit more curiosity towards Julio than there's been in the past. By the way, this also is the equivalent when you guys – Greg, you were making it sound like the Dodgers are in some real trouble. It's the equivalent of somebody having like four vacation homes and one of the <laughs> vacation homes – that one of the toilets clogged, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to call a handyman. That's basically the it's Dodgers a, right now. It's They're a larger, twenty-eight and seventeen. Sure, but it's a larger concern overall because if you look at his home and away splits, Julio Arias on the road is way worse than he is at home. He is fantastic mm. at home, bad on the road. It's like not even. It's bad. That's the first adjustment I'd make too. I'd be like, you're starting at home. That's where yep. you're starting. Um, and it's also sort Four of vacation like, homes. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> The other two vacation homes are not exactly in the state of you know the best repair either. That's the issue with Dustin May yeah, and they need you, a little touch up. That's the whole thing. Is that like <laughs> these homes are not up to code right now? No, this no. is a problem on the verbo market. <laughs> Slee was not saying yes to the vacation homes in the Dodgers pitching staff so that he can have a ground line in order to be able to do his show. That's the issue. It's going to be a difference for Kershaw. Kershaw is going to be in a B and B instead of a verbo at some point on the season. <laughs> the way you yelled at me on Monday <laughs> and bullied me into this air. Airbnb is so disrespectful. I made you change. I made you change yeah. Airbnbs. Well, you weren't going to be able to do the show on Friday today. We're good so. now. We're good Look now. This. Look at that. Everything, it's uh, everything worked out. You worked okay, it so out. just uh, uh, one more reminder. YouTube, go to ESPN LA. We have all our shows that we're doing there. We're, we're live streaming Monday through Thursday. Blue Review's on there. Lakers Talk Daily is on there. Factor Cap is coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hey guys, so one thing to be worried about for the Lakers on Game 3 is that uh, when the Lakers have won games, I have watched the game from home. Whenever I haven't watched a game from home, the Lakers lose. And I will be at the game on Saturday, so this is maybe a bad omen for the Lakers overall. Hold on. We're going to get rid of your credential now. (laughs) Do you mean home as in not at the arena, or do you mean home as in in your home because you weren't at your home for the last game? I'm confused. Right, yeah, so I... The Lakers win if I am 
physically in my home when I watch the Laker games. Okay. If I am not physically in my home for the Laker games, they lose. So we'll see. Maybe we'll break a streak. <laughs> All right. So here's a situation that happened yesterday, too. Well, I was at 33 Taps. My friends and I were sitting at the table. I got there an hour early because I knew this place was going to fill up for the game. So I got there an hour early. We were chilling. It was a good happy hour deal. Gets really full. We still have this table, but there's a group of people in the table in front of us that are all standing around the table, and like their group gets really, really big and kind of expands besides the amount of seats that they have. So this one guy was eating food off their table, like their friend, I assume, and had a little plate. And they took their that guy took the little plate and put it on our table that we already had a ton of stuff. We did not have any room for his thing. He didn't ask. He just put both his beer... And his plate on our table, and we're like, okay. So come he on, has guy. his own table, yes. and he's using but your it's table. Full. His table is pretty full. Uses our table. Didn't ask to use our table. He Son also like moved. He elbowed my friend's arm out of the way to put his plate on this table. Very rude. So, first, my statement is: you have to ask to put your drink or plate on someone else's table. All right, Al, factor cap. Oh, I mean. It w- what kind of society are we living in these days, Clint? What the hell is that? You know, of course it's a fact. I, I mean, listen, here's the thing. If we got room on our table, which I wouldn't even do that, I would take my plate, I would go up to the bar probably and say, hey, can I put this somewhere? And then I yeah. get it out of the way. Or I would tell the server, hey, do you mind just kind of cleaning off our table a little bit? We don't have any room. Get some trash out of the way. But to turn around and just look at the table next to me and be like, eh, I don't care. Why not I just throw room? my stuff right here? Uh, I don't know what society we're living in. I haven't gotten many fights in my life. I'm ready to brawl right now just <laughs> hearing that story. Yates? Okay, I'm I'm going to say cap, but here's the reason Whoa, why. Cap. Is because just just hear me out here. Number 1, I got I saw Emily's stories last night. So I saw the type of environment that this it was place is. very crowded. Is. Very crowded. There is an element of common communal commonality and Come so on. What I'm saying is the reason why it's cap is not because nothing should have been said, but because, like, maybe you don't ask, but you just say, hey, give me five. I got to set this right here. You know what I mean? Like, and then when we rearrange, I'll get back to mine. So you don't have to ask, but just let them know. You know, yeah. what's it's, next? It's is he going to come to is he going to come to is he going to come to Emily's table and grab a, a nacho or something? <laughs> I mean, the man might as well. You paying for part of the bill, too? He almost took my friend's beer because it looked similar to his. But yeah, okay. no, he didn't say anything though. He never addressed it. Right. He never said anything. Uh, was Bert? this guy? Did you? Was it a surprising type of individual that did this, or was like? Because I feel like at certain you yeah, can tell the kind of guy that's going to do that. There's questions that go before I can answer this. <laughs> like, was this guy drunk? Did you say anything to him? Was drunk. He was like being turning to the crowd and being like, "Yeah, Lakers, put your fours up." Like he was being kind oh, of trying to get guy. everybody like fours cheering. Yeah, fourth quarter. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So he Four. was. Uh, that kind you, of person. You, you explained everything. No, I'm good. Okay, Four guy you know what? In the bar. Yeah, that's a that's a full. If, if he's this guy, that's why I needed the context of the question first. It is Cap because he's totally lost his mind at this point. Yeah. He is an idiot. You could say whatever you want. He was going to do whatever he wanted at right. that point. And even if you no, so yeah, it's Cap because you're just going to you have to live with that. The bar was also 97 percent Lakers fans, but a few smattering of Nuggets fans. And he started to chant "F the Nuggets" over and over again. I was like, yeah, this is a well, little. Well. You got you got that guy. You just, <laughs> you just let him go because even if you do talk to him, he's going to try and fight you. Taylor? Oh, man. I, I think in this situation, what I would do, I would just pick the plate up and put it back on his table, honestly. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I like that. We were yeah, trying to, and yeah, he like just that. kept on putting it on our table. He, he, that happened like, quarter. back and forth. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Fourth up. Can I say something quickly, <laughs> though? In general, I am very particular about table real estate when I go out to eat. I feel like I go to restaurants these days, and there's, I get there, there's already seven things on the table, and they bring you four more, and you haven't even. Oh, there's no space. You're yet. saying, and I'm like, I can't. Oh, I'm with you on the space thing, guys. Let's, yeah. There's, we only got space. Only there's only enough room for the main things, right? I, I see what right. you're saying there. What, what are you at a Chili's? You got like all the tabletops <laughs> on there? And trust me, man. Some of these places, it's unbelievable the amount of things I put on the table before you ever even ask. Chili's, by the way, very don't, good. Don't worry, yes. we're very don't, underrated. Don't bring that'll, that up. To that'll M. come M. up later chilies. in the show. Chili's, I yes. love Chili's. All right, so uh, the remake for White Man Can't Jump comes Be- out before today. M, before you go any further. You don't love chilies the way M loves chilies. We <laughs> Maybe asked, we just have something in we, common then. We asked everybody who you want to, like if you can have, Kevin Durant has a lifetime deal with Nike. 
So yeah. we're asking lifetime deals. Emily took chilies. She wants a lifetime <laughs> deal with chilies. Food That's for amazing. life. Why yeah, wouldn't you want that? Of food. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I love that. Exactly. Emily. You, you have a taste of everything when you go to chilies. Yes. Um, the right. menu's always got something different. <laughs> it doesn't. Their menu's pretty standard, but <laughs> no, I mean like you get something different every yeah, time. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So White Man Can't Jump remake comes out today on Hulu. White Man Can't Jump, uh, the original, is the best basketball movie. Patrick oh, this is an easy one for him. It's my favorite, yes. But the reason why, and I say I was explaining this to somebody the other day. First of all, reminder, I live in Venice, and the reason I live in Venice is because of that movie. But I think that what gets lost in why that movie is actually so good is that that movie is simply about 90s Los Angeles in a way that no other movie has really captured. The basketball is one part of it, but the interaction between the characters and everything that goes on, that's what actually makes that movie cool. So as for the remake... Sidebar, I saw Jack Harlow in studio the other day when I was doing the show, and he had, like, a very large entourage. I was quite surprised in terms of, like, his people, but they were very nice. Um, I just don't need it for that reason. You can't remake 90s L.A. You know what I mean? You can make a good movie. You can make a funny movie about race relations and basketball, but you just can't do the same thing because the time has passed, and we are simply living on a different planet now. Well, the same planet, different time. But, okay, but the the question – Best. For me, it's fact that White Men Can't Jump, the original, is the best basketball movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go fact on that. Uh, it is. It, it, it was at the perfect time. Um, love the actors in it. I, I just – it was uh, – and listen, he got game was great. Um, trying to think some other uh, uh, basketball really movies good. that comes to mind. Space Jam. Uh, Blue Chips, right? That was uh, yeah. the one. Uh, Blue Rose Chips really with, with Shaq or whatever. Hoosiers, another good one. Mm. But White Man Can't Jump, I think, had just this perfect balance of, yeah, there's some basketball, but it's a lot more than just basketball. So White Man Can't Jump, fact for me. Berg? Yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm looking at all the different basketball movies that are out there. I didn't know Coach Carter was so big on your list. Oh, right? I, dude, Coach Carter's the great. disciplinarian. <laughs> I loved Coach Carter. <laughs> I thought that movie was fantastic. He got game is probably really high up on that one too. Very, very strong. But no, I think I'm going to go fact. I think it is the best basketball movie out there. Yeah, Taylor, does Love in Basketball count as a basketball movie? It's kind in the title. Of, kind yeah, of. I mean, I mean yeah. there's basketball in the movie. Does Teen Wolf count? Teen Wolf. Again. Yeah, it's a great one. Does semi-pro count? No. Double teamed? No, it shouldn't. Semi-pro Wait, shouldn't. why would semi-pro not count? Because it's not a good movie. He owns a <laughs> team counts. and he's a broadcaster. <laughs> That's definitely a basketball movie. It That's is a basketball movie, movie, but it's not good. All right, Taylor? I'm going fact on this. Yeah, uh, I think it's the best up there with Space Jam for me, and I don't think they need a remake unless Nick Collison and Russell Westbrook are going to start it. Wow. <laughs> above the Rim. Above the Rim was really good. Yeah, I, I like I, I mm, Above the Rim to me is a movie I like less, but I actually think is probably a, like a better basketball movie in terms of the basketball that it's about. All right, so uh, Taylor was telling us that he was going to a housewarming this weekend, and uh, you know, it's always an interesting thing to deciding what you want to bring to a housewarming party. Usually, you kind of have like one thing you always bring. So, wine is the go-to gift for a housewarming party. Berg, Patrick, Cap. Fact: Wine is the right choice in always. I think when you go into a housewarming or anything. Taylor, so, yes, fact. Cap, um, even though I don't drink alcohol, I usually do take alcohol, but I take like, uh, I don't know, like a Templeton rye or something, like a whiskey, and Ooh, uh, maybe flowers. Templeton rye, good choice. Al? Uh, I always go with a toaster. Always the toaster. <laughs> um, it's used, too. Plumeria. There's crumbs. There's actually some crumbs still in there. I used it once. I just used it once. Uh, wine is so so clutch in so many situations, so many predicaments. It's fact for me as well. And... Here's a great thing. You could spend 20 bucks and get a really good bottle of wine. So I, I think there's, um, it's it's right for the person who's bringing the gift. I think it's the person that's getting the gift. Nobody's going to complain about it. The price isn't crazy. It is thoughtful. I, I go with wine. All right. Uh, uh, Clinton? Yeah, wine's good. You know, I mean, I, you know, you could also bring other party favors uh, that are legally sold in this state. So, you know, yeah, wine's a good one. The other one is a good one too. It's not. It depends on who you uh, who they are. Somehow, some people have housewarming parties and they don't want you to bring stuff because they don't want to have your crap. You know what I mean? They'd rather just throw their own parties. But depending on the person, yeah. All right, so we know that uh, Alan is in uh, Colorado right now in Denver. So I remember the last time that I was in Denver. Actually, no. Before the last time I was in Denver, I drove from Denver to L.A. in one single day because I had to get here to start my job. And so it was a terrible drive. It was 15 hours. It was a lot. So 15 hours is the longest you could drive in a single day. Taylor, Patrick Cap. 
I think it's out there. Yeah, I'm falling asleep at that point. That's probably the furthest I've gone to. I drove from Iowa, uh, northern Iowa, to Fort Collins, Colorado, and that was about, I think, 14 hours. Oof. All right. Uh, Al? Um, it's cap for me. Uh, it's That's way too long. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> Same do spot. That. I can't yeah. do that. So I, we as um, – we used to growing up, and I was, I don't know, maybe in high school, I think maybe a senior or something like that. We used to always go up to Monterey. We had family that lived in Monterey. So from San Diego up to Monterey is about eight hours, right? And I remember every time that we got to Monterey, I'm like, I'm never doing that drive again. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, and you got eight hours whole, is your long drive? Come on, Slee. Yep. Um, that's where, that's where I go. I, and to think 15, to think, Wherever I just got to, I got to Monterey. Now I got to turn back and drive back, and I'm going to stop in Orange County because there's 15 hours total. I just can't do it. That's too long. Yates? Yeah, big time cap. F- 15 is like if, if I'm traveling with somebody and they even suggest a 15-hour road leg, the trip is off. We're canceling the entire <laughs> operation because you don't understand how I'm moving Soft. in my life. That's just way too long. I'm, or you I, just you know break I mean? it up, right? We're right. going to drive eight hours. We're going to stop here and then seven hours in the morning. <laughs> I mean, like if you get above – Eight hours. A, I've got to stay overnight, and B, I'm just probably not going to be very happy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a long time to be in one single moving vehicle. Me, Berg, and Yates, perfect for a road trip. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll just switch off. <laughs> Fire up the podcast. <laughs> All right, Berg. <laughs> YouTube content for days. Uh, but uh, it's fact. I've gone. 11 or 13 hours from Northern California down here. And what happens is that you get to a certain point when you hit that eight nine hour where you're like. I might as well just drive the extra three at this point. I'm going to stop. I'm going to go somewhere, and then I'm going to I might as well just finish off the ride. So, 15 hours is is the right amount. That's too. That's right at the edge. That's the max. That's the what's max. The, yes. What's the, the trucker max. amount? Like that's what also. Oh, the they go for them. days. No, no, no. They have sleep requirements, sir. Yeah. This is a very real thing that I want to know because some states have Google. more than others. But like, yeah, you have to sleep if you drive a truck. Trucker sleep schedule. I wonder if we have any truckers. You look that up, and (laughs) you come back to us and let us know what that is. Um, All right, Brian Windhorst had some thoughts on the Lakers' loss yesterday, but he also had some thoughts specifically on LeBron James. Let's do that coming up next. Uh, By the way, if you're out and about and you want to talk Lakers basketball, uh, anything that um, is kind of on your mind over the first two games, 877-710-ESPN. Clayton Yates in the house. Trav off for the, uh, for the weekend. We'll be back in just a second. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, you said you said you never been to uh, Coors Field. No, of course I've been to Coors Field. Why did I think? Or was it Berg? I swear somebody said this morning. I was the one who told you you need to go look at the scoreboard because the graphics package at Coors Field is the best in the big leagues. Okay, the oh yeah, that's right. You did say that they they um they got a solid solid park. That's yeah. that's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. I, I loved uh, – I went up to the mile-high seats, right, mm-hmm. that, that one line of purple, and just looking out and seeing the mountains and the snow, on the, it was actually – I was very surprised. I didn't really know what to expect. Just walked from the Airbnb – actually, no, I Ubered there, but I walked back. But I just kind of going to that entire area. The, downtown Denver is actually a really, really nice district. It's a great setup for that particular uh, type of a function. I remember the All-Star game was there two years ago now before it was here when they switched it from Atlanta. And I remember thinking, oh, this is a perfect place to have this. You know, it's not too big, but it's also not so small that when you get a ton of people there, you feel like you're all congested and somebody's, you know, 
putting their beer on your table kind of thing. But, like, Coors Field, nice experience, downtown ballpark arena. Good job, Denver. So funny. Anytime you go to a city and, um, you know, you just uh, you, you spend time for a quick second and you just you forget who their players were. And everywhere I looked, I'm like, hey, there's Larry Walker again. Uh, There was at the airport, there was some message, and it was Andres Galarraga. The big cat. Yep. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, my, I haven't heard these names in forever. But it's the the equivalent of going down to San Diego or something like that, and it's uh, Trevor Hoffman or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I just thought it was funny. Everywhere I looked, I'm like, there's Larry Walker again. (laughs) <laughs> Larry Walker, great guy. Did you do anything else in Denver that we need to know about? Um, so, to be completely honest, I was the game days were so busy because yeah. I'd, I'd get up, you know, start prepping, we'd do the show, and then there really is not that much time. There are earlier tip-offs now because you just got one game a day. Right. So, pregame show starting at 4. So, when we're done at one fifteen. I may have so much time to kind of, all right, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to shower. I still got to prep for the pregame show. I got to work my way down to the arena. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursday, I really didn't do do much. Wednesday was the day. We talked a little bit about it yesterday where right when the show ended, I went to Coors Field. I came back, showered, and then we all uh, – We had a dinner. dinner. We had a dinner. It was it was Michael. MT was nice enough to invite all of us and was going to take care of everybody. It was MT, Ireland, Sedano – BT, Brad Turner from the LA Times, uh, Mike Trudell, and Dave McMenamin. Oh, so we had an awesome, awesome dinner. Okay, you could only on. imagine. You could on. only imagine how much NBA conversation at that dinner. Let me ask you though: Was yeah. that is that a situation where you guys go to, let's just say, I don't know, the steakhouse, and somebody calls ahead and says? Um, listen, Mr. Thompson's going to have a group. Can we set aside a room because, you know, the commotion that's going to call when all the big heavies and the big Laker heavies come in and everybody sees you all together. Was it a private scenario or were you all just in the middle looking about telling everybody, hey, look at us. We're the cool guys. No, I'm glad you asked that question because it makes me feel important for a quick second. Um, (laughs) When Listen, Michael was the one setting us all up. This was at their team the team hotel or where everybody's staying is yeah. where the dinner was going to be at. So we walk in and Sedano is at the bar watching the Heat Celtics game. So he's the first one there. I come after and I'm just watching the game with him now. Trudell comes, Ireland comes, I think BT comes, and they say, "All right, let's go you meet up done with one Michael." Of those TikToks like when who when does the person when do people different people arrive for the certain times? Like if it's an eight o'clock dinner, what time? Well, do people Sedano, come? it was it was actually an eight thirty dinner. Okay. And Sedano, solid five, six, seven minutes early, like Strong. just prompt on time. Um, and then, but I don't think anybody was past eight thirty. I think everybody was there on time. He was just the earliest one there. Um, and then, uh, and then they're like, "Okay, hey, let's go. Let's go meet up with Michael. Walk through the entire restaurant, get to a little tunnel way, and there's a private room." Uh-huh. And only Michael Thompson's in there. I told Michael, I'm like, Michael, you look like His lair. the Godfather, okay? <laughs> and he goes, uh, Yeah, I was figuring out which guy to whack. I'm like, All right, <laughs> we'll use that. But we we get back there, and I, I was explaining the story yesterday. So you, you you go sit down, and Michael's by himself, and you know it's Michael Thompson. The guy is just doing his own thing. And then there's one window, and that window is just a full look look inside the kitchen. So you oh. just see them all. So this one room has the only view into the kitchen. That's cool, actually, because yeah, really cool. I've been in a couple of those private rooms, but I've never been in one like that. That's fun. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, you asked what did I do outside of that? Other than working, doing all this that. stuff, we had that. So had you that didn't have anybody button. coming and setting their beers on your table and wondering and, you know, walking. Like, I, I mean, I'm imagining that, you know, perhaps some guy, some drunk guy wanders back there stumbling around with four fingers in the air. This same guy <laughs> that was at the bar Emily was would have walked into the private room, poured himself a glass of wine, and walked back out. <laughs> Tell me that that's not that guy as we describe him. He, that, that would definitely happen. <laughs> yeah, he, did, he didn't know his own, like, personal space, too. He was, like, knocking oh, into my so, friend yeah. occasionally, and she's kind of like a smaller person. So, yeah, it was a, it was a mess. Hell? Oh. All right, let, let's take a quick listen here. So, Brian Windhorst, a little bit earlier today, was talking specifically about LeBron James. I know we got a, Laker, a lot of Laker fans that want to react to uh, last, night, last night's loss. Lakers down now 
0-2 in the series. Here's Brian Winors. He's using so much energy. He obviously late in games. He's still a dynamic driver. Obviously last night he had some blown opportunities at the rim. Their primary adjustment into this game was putting LeBron on Jokic. And it worked. Uh, Jokic struggled when LeBron was his primary defender. He was 0-5 and had three turnovers. That really was an effective strategy move. I'm just not sure over the course of a seven-game series, as that as that number in the fourth quarter with the three-point shooting shows, he is basically pouring out his his energy on defense, and he's kind of resting a little bit on offense. All right, so that that's Brian Winors right there. And, and by the way, that was a good adjustment for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is sneaky. Listen, you don't want to put Braun on the quickest, fastest guy in the NBA, but Jokic is not going to be running around. Braun can kind of – he's physical enough, big enough, strong enough to where – uh, and just smart enough that he can – there's a couple times he stripped uh, Joker, and he doesn't have to run around. So I, I like that idea. I like that strategy. Here's an issue that I have with what Winhorse said. He's using so much of his energy on the defensive side that he's tired on the offensive end. That makes me think even more why you have to be more strategic on offense, why you shouldn't yeah. be settling for 25-footers with 15 seconds left on the shot clock, why Darvin Ham – has to also, I can't, you know, I, I think towards the end of games, I think yesterday is a great example of it. Austin Reeves is a really, really good player that's been a fantastic force for the Lakers this whole postseason. Rui Hachimura has been a really, really good player for the Lakers as well. Um, Anthony Davis did not have a good night last night, but AD is, you know, obviously uh, he's, uh, he's a weapon for the Lakers, no question about that. I don't care who shoots the shot. You have enough players that can take the shot. What I would like to see in those final couple minutes of play is we're going to just let the ball move. And if it ends up in Rui's hands and it's a good shot, cool. Or if it ends up in Reeves' hands and it's a good shot, or AD, or Braun for that. If Braun's taken a 22-footer because the ball moved five or six times and he's got a wide-open three, I get it. The problem I thought last night, and I think this is what the, the wind horse thing that I, 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 I kind of push back on is – that's even more reason not to take some of those shots that he was taking yesterday. I totally agree. Energy management is a part of the game. I mean, especially when you're dealing with a year 20 guy who has not just been playing for that long in the league, he's been playing that long and getting to the finals almost every year. He's got more tread on his tires than anybody. Being a smart basketball player when your energy is low is the hardest thing to do, which is why some teams can't. All right, we'll uh, take some of your phone calls when we come back. Um, Got a lot still we got to get into on on the Los Angeles Lakers. I haven't even really talked about the starting lineup. haven't really talked about D'Angelo Russell yet. We also have somebody uh, who's a truck driver who can answer all the truck driving questions that we had for some of us who are not willing to drive more than eight hours. (laughs) So we can do all that coming up next. Uh, Stay right here. Travis and Sleeva Show. Clinton Yates in for Trav uh, right here on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 